from their episode of Athletic Insights. We're joined here today by former Bishop's Gator defensive back, Jordan Agansi. Jordan, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm great, man. I'm great. Thanks for having me here today. How you been? I'm good. I appreciate your time for sure. Jordan, why don't you just take a moment to, uh, first of all, just introduce yourself to the audience and then just go over your youth sports background a little bit. What sort of things were you doing uh, as a young athlete to, uh, to help guide you to uh, accomplish some of the things that you've been able to accomplish, which we're going to go over throughout the podcast? Yeah, yeah I'm uh, Jordan Yancey. Um, I used to play, used to play back in the day football, played at Bishops. I started as a corner. Came in as a young, small corner, weighing about like 160, <laughs> and uh, left the left the place weighing at like what two or three, two, playing a safety boundary halfback. Had my had my fun with full five years, five years at Bishops, yeah. And I don't know what else really there is to say as an introduction other than it was a big part of my life for a very long time, and uh, yeah, it's no longer. The main priority because I literally breathe and everything was football. <laughs> so what, like, what's that transition been like as you've entered the quote-unquote real world? Honestly, the transition has been smooth. Like, after I graduated May twenty nineteen, yeah, May June twenty nineteen, I worked, uh, worked at this place called BJS right after university, and then now I'm where I'm currently working, a place called Aerotech. Like I'm a recruiter there, uh, working in skill trades, and I had my shot at the uh, at the pros. I had my combine in um, back in March of 2019. We did the whole testing, benching, everything, and it didn't turn out the way I wanted it. And I had another shot in Mexico, and unfortunately, it also didn't turn out. But I'm happy. I'm happy. I got to go through the whole experience um because um, it was it was definitely like i don't i know a lot of people didn't get that type of experience that i did but i'm for sure happy like uh with everything that i got yeah what was the so just give us a little bit more information on the the mexico opportunity so what was that what was that like yeah so i got messaged by uh the manager of the cfl few days because there was a few of us from the combine that they had in, on the list. I think I'm not sure exactly how many people they had messaged, but they said it was going to be about 25 people going down to Mexico, and there'll be a draft, and then each team will contact us after. It went everything went according to plan, and I was actually at work when the draft was happening, which was it was kind of our difference. I had to sign a few papers uh, to give my consent to uh, being part of the draft. Basically, the same concept as the CFL draft, but because we already had done the, the, the combine uh, just a few months before, we were just able to just be in the list. And I got a call from the manager saying, hey, congrats, you've been picked 16th overall. I was like, it was fun. Like I was shook by that, thought, thank him for the call and everything. And they're like, yeah, we're gonna follow up with uh, all the information later on and boom, boom, go on social media. They, they were on point with everything, like uh, the social media presentation, the, uh, the um, what's it called what's his name uh, the social media director messaged me on facebook uh, calling me up like it was it was really well done overall it was really well done like the whole concept of it was to get young athletes like young cfl either free agents or guys that were already on the training rosters to go basically use this mexico situation as a spring camp situation where you'll be there play and then potentially get another shot to go into the cfl right after just like so a, the, a feeder system, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, 
uh, they signed this way, they signed this agreement with the LFA in Mexico that allows for Mexican players to be drafted into the CFL and then Canadian young players to be drafted in the LFA. So oh, wow. for us, it was a good, it was a good opportunity for us to keep playing, keep, um, you know, stay fit. And then, put, and then eventually when the shot in May would come through we'd all based on how we did based on the tapes and everything, we'll get a second chance into perfor- performing in front of the CFL again. Very and, cool. Yeah, no, it was definitely fun. It was definitely fun. And did you see the news release today, of, uh, the U sports football one? Yeah, I yeah I actually saw it from UFOs because I don't really follow U sports like that. I saw it from UFOs, and honestly, I played like my best year came when I was twenty five. Yeah, that's like, that's the year where things slow down, and you're just like yeah. you understand your coaches, the system, you're confident, you know who you are. Like that's the year where things happen, and a lot of these, I mean, young athletes or just people of the, the general public who aren't up to date on like U sports, like you said. They don't really understand what's going on. So just for some context for the listeners, basically, uh, U sports football in Canada is there's an age limit. You can only you can't play after 25. But let's say women's soccer and basketball, you could be 35 years old and play. So there's more of a time cap for us. And we have seven years after we graduate high school to play our five years of eligibility out. So now what's happened because of COVID, the U sports board canceled all the championships for the the fall semester yeah for the upcoming semester yeah yeah so now like here's the situation if if someone's been training the last five years and they're going into their 24 year old season the youth sports has said they will not be grandfathered and their career is over now the issue with this is first of all a lot of blood sweat and tears goes into training so these people must be devastated but also that's the year where, like I said, you get your film, you get your numbers, and you go to the CFL. So w- what were your first thoughts when you saw it? My first thought, like, like I said, man, like my, when I reached that my last year, that's when everything made sense. On the field, the way that I was training, like understanding the weights, understanding the uh, film and everything. That's really, like, I, I feel for anybody that's been affected by this, like 100%. Like if I didn't have my last year, I wouldn't have the opportunities that I had after that. So like I, and in my honest opinion, like I hate, I hate to say this, but like anybody in that panel that agreed to the decision, I don't believe they were athletes. Like if you were, (laughs) if you were an athlete, no, no, no. Like if you were an athlete and you, and you like said yes to cutting someone's last year, just like that, just, I know, I know, like, I know the situation that we're in is all messed up. I understand that. But, like, you also have to understand, like, a lot of these guys have been putting – like, I know guys have been affected by this. They've been, they've been doing this for a long time. Like, I know a guy that came from the States that's – and, like, here in Canada, playing. He might be really affected by this. Franklin? Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. I'm pretty like, – like, he will still have a year to play. But, like, I'm saying, like, not – just alone not playing this year. Like, you know? But there's a – it's definitely a decision that I believe, like, if they gave, like, a little vote, at least give the students athletes like the ones that are being actually affected by this a decision like hey do you think it's fair letting guys that are going to be potentially 25 26 year old play this season like i'm pretty sure 80 percent of them would say yeah yeah I, I don't really see a problem with it and i mean just a couple of years ago for example there was an athlete i think his name was uh taylor renault he was a receiver at acadia and the the 25 year old age cap 
just was re-implemented and he was grandfathered. So they've done this before. Yeah. When they rebranded from CIS to U Sports, like you said, I don't think they put people who have played sports in the proper positions. I, I really yeah. think that it's being run probably by a panel of probably old white men that don't know what they're doing. <laughs> and uh, well, anyways, so we'll, we'll move on from there. But Jordan, why don't you just go over uh, just your childhood for us? So what did your youth sports experience look like and, and why did you choose to, to pursue football at a high level? Oh, man, it's, uh, it's actually a funny story in a way because I I played about one year of football before I went full out into football when I say full out I mean like when I decided to go to university I had about one year experience from Cumberland Panthers and honestly I didn't start understanding the concept of football to like probably my third second year of football and I gotta thank a lot of my athleticism because I played a lot of soccer I played a lot of I played some basketball, did some track in high school, but not like 100% motivated into it. Like I went my first time, I didn't, I didn't know how to lift. <laughs> like, you know, I wasn't, a, I wasn't a gym rat or anything. I turned into a gym rat at, at BU. And... Yeah, you're a deezer man now. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, uh, let's not talk about, nah, not that COVID happened, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's a sport that even at one point, I don't think my family really understood how committed I was into it because I didn't talk much about it. It's not like I was like, I wasn't that much of a stud to be like, I wasn't that cocky about the way that I played football. I was just like, yeah, I play football. Like, cool. Like, you know, <laughs> and then I was approached by Mackey and my head coach at the time at in Cumberland Panthers was actually a BU alumni. And in my head, like, I had no idea where BU was, what BU was. And I saw him with the keychain one time. And then we didn't even, like, we didn't even know I was considering going to BU at the time. until so I got in contact with Mackie. Mackie messaged me. And then the DC, I'm forgetting his name, he invited me to come down to, come down for a visit, a weekend. And at the time, a friend of mine, JC, was, he was in his first year there. So I ended up staying there for the weekend. Honestly, my recruiting recruiting weekend was the hands down the best experience I've had at a school of people that I didn't know. I only knew one person. Like I had never heard about the school. I didn't even know where Sherbrooke was. And once I got there, it was like, like I'm here. Like you know, like this is this happened for a reason. I got literally messaged out of nowhere because of this. Like I'm supposed to be here. Then everything went fine, everything went good, and then on my way back on the bus, I get the admin, uh, and like I got the I got the offer like, hey, you got into Bishop's University, like congratulations, you got into Bishop's University, like the admission letter on the way back from there. Oh, that's I'm awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah, like all that. Yeah. So what, like, what was the process like? So you showed up on campus day one, you were wide-eyed, you fell in love with it. What did your first training camp show you? What did it teach you? Oh man, I. My first year, I didn't know about the whole concept of camp. I didn't know the whole concept of training and literally just like every day, like that whole routine, waking up at seven, going to eat at Dewey's and then going to practice and then going to film. Like I probably fell asleep in a lot. I fell asleep in a lot of film during a lot of time. Like there's a, like I had a lot, I had a bunch of seniors, like shout out to O'Shane who really took me under his wing and literally took me in the gym saying, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get you right. And Mackie was also there pushing me my first year. And I got it. Like, I, 
I started understanding the whole concept. Like I remember one time, this is actually a funny story. <laughs> I remember one time I was at the I was at the gym lifting with the training camp, lifting with the, some of the senior guys, and they're squatting. So I've never squatted before, and then boom, I'm there. I'm like, all right, I can keep up. Like it's not that bad. Like we're, to me, I thought one plate was nothing. So like I did the one plate, one to four, but like that was their warm up, and I'm like struggling a little bit, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then. Two plates go up. I do that. I do that. It's fine. Like, and three plates, I'm like, it's like, to me, it didn't click in that, yo, this, this is heavy. So I went on it, got down. Like, they thought I was a natural. Like, they thought I was good. Then I went up, went down, didn't come back up. And then they had to help me up. I was <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I was like, oh, guys, I think I, I think I did something in my back. And then for like a whole two weeks, I was, I rotated the disc on my lower back. I was like, that was hands down. Like, the, I still remember it today because now that I look at it, I'm laughing about it. Like it was fun. It was yeah, fun. like a lot. So much growth goes into university sports, especially especially men's football. Like a lot of people don't understand. They think you show up and it's just instant glory, but oh, what no. they don't realize is like you're low. You're low person on the totem pole for 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 multiple years in most cases. So, do you want to talk about like where you started year one, year two, year three, year four, and like kind of what the process looked like? So the so that the young athletes listening to this can kind of get their mindset right so they understand what they're going into? Oh, yeah. Like, my first year, I wasn't even on a depth chart. Like, on my first year, we had so many, like, I think we're over 90, like, well over 90 players on the team, and I didn't even have a number. Like, <laughs> like you know, when, when they did the picture, like, every, everybody had a, a, their jersey to wear. Like, I didn't have one. I had, like, a practice jersey, took my picture. Like, I wasn't, I was on the team, but, like, you squad. And then second year, I got moved position. I got moved to halfback. I remember first time I ever playing halfback, and I'm like thinking, like, man, like I'm never like at the time I was like I'm never gonna be able to to like pick this up quick enough for me to be on the field this year. And boom, just like that, I ended up. I didn't play my second year either because I've never played the halfback position, and I was field halfback, and I didn't pick up enough, so I ended up uh, on the bench. And then my third year. Going into my third year, I tore ligaments into my right ankle. But me with us, like, I'm so, like, now that I realize, like, I'm very, I was very stubborn at the time. And so I didn't see much of it. I just kept on practicing with it once it all healed up. And then I went into, they told me, the doctors told me a little bit before the season that, hey, you may need surgery to fix the ligaments. So I'm like, I can't miss three years straight. And then especially since next year is going to be my fourth year, maybe my last year, like I can't sit down and like not and miss another third season straight. So let me just keep taping it the way that I am, take some uh, Advil and then, and then force it, force it on the field. So did that, ended up, it paid off because I ended up dressing for a game. And that was my first ever dress against Yuta uh, Sherbrooke. <laughs> and I didn't see the field only, I only saw the field on special teams. This is my third year. Then... My fourth year, everything was supposed to go smoothly. Of course, a lot of things changed and coaching changed. Like that was like that's another thing that like I didn't see it much. I, I didn't see how big of a difference that was till I found myself again, like on the bench. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll go into that after. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, like my last year, um, we talked. We have honestly, we have this. We have this coach now. Bio has this coach now, Coach Fab, and. I remember him 
uh, my first meeting that I had with him, he walks in and he's like, hey, what's going on? Like, why, why were you not on the field last year? And I kept it honest. I was like, hey, they couldn't trust me. I was like, it's fine. Like, I'm a, I'm a last year guy who hasn't played much. Like, it's like it's normal. Like, <laughs> it's not normal. But to me, like, I was like, I'm here. Like, I'm, I want to play next year. So let's not talk too much. And then he questioned me about, like, a few plays seeing if I understood it, like his own play, see if, if I was able to pick it up theoretically first. And I was able to like, remember like posh, like a few plays, I was able to like, okay, so this player does this, this player does that. It's like, okay, you seem to understand it. And I was like, let's not get too excited here. Let's get on the field during spring camp and then see if everything goes the way that, the way that we're talking right now. Then little we know, we go into it. He puts me as his boundary halfback which if you kind of understand defense is, it's a good position. It's a super fun position to play. <laughs> and he made it like, honestly, Coach Fad made the position fun. And instead of just, instead of just following just the playbook, he adapted his playbook to his players, to what he had. And everybody that I've played along with had like probably their best year that year, like my, my year playing. And from understanding the playbook, from understanding what he wanted, everything just kind of clicked. And for example, like trap crossing, those are things that I used to do just without being aware of what I was doing. And then he took that and he said, this is going to be a new thing. <laughs> so that put me on the field and I was able to make some plays there. And then we just sat back and I kind of laughed. Like it's, it is what it is. Like a lot of, there's a lot of, you want to see politics involved, but then, yeah. <laughs> and then let's, I want to talk about, because you had mentioned the coaching change. So first of all, why don't you just kind of explain the dynamic of a coaching change to the listeners and then like how it affected you towards the end of your career? Well, if you're a new coach, like obviously I'm like, I'm not saying this is exactly what the coaches had in mind, but like if you are a new coach, you're coming into a team and you see a guy that's, going into his last year and he barely has any stats and you will ask yourself like why is he not playing so like i'm assuming the coaches when it when it came in they're like all right we have a they haven't really done much so let me see what the rookies are saying so i ended up like i'm not trying to make anybody look bad but like the guy that played over me at safety at the time great person i like you everything and it went like it was fine you did your job but like, you know, <laughs> like the whole situation that pissed me off, but I try to, I try to contain it so much. Like being, like him being, getting moved from receiver and then to safety and then me being put on the bench just because, and then being told like, yeah, I decided to go with someone younger when in my head, I'm like, it's my last year. Like I'm trying to fucking win. Like I'm trying to actually go for wins. Not just, I know you're trying to build the future here, but for guys that were seniors, that was a kind of like a punch to the gut, like a punch to the, we don't need you type of situation. And if I hadn't stuck around, I don't think I would have had as much up if I had just folded and be like, all right, cool. Like, I'm just going to I'm just going to stop playing football. I don't think I would have had anything that came my way after uh, in my last year. So what what were you navigating during that, like during that decision making process? Because a lot of the young athletes listening situation where, I mean, either they might have a, a coach that see this part of the future or there's a younger guy with like a little bit more potential just whatever situation so 
Like, what things were you weighing? What was going through your mind? Well, in my mind, um, I always have the, like, this little attitude that's like, okay, like, I'll show you. Like, you know, I don't, like, I've always had that without realizing it. So someone was like, every year, I came back better. Like, I came back, like, 10 times with, like, instead of just taking the punches, I threw some punches, but like on the field. And like, that's my way that I attacked every single year that if every year that I left, if I came back the next year, I'm already not playing. So if I come back next year and I'm not, I'm up 10 times better than I was the year before, then what's the point of me going back? So that was my whole mindset going into not playing my fourth year to going into my fifth year being like, all right, like this is, this is it. I got nothing, nothing to lose. This is my last time. Like, I pictured it being my last time playing football, and picturing it made it real, made it like, all right, if you don't do your shit now, everything that happened in the past made sense. Everything that happened, you know, that was why. Like, if I didn't go on the field, I didn't make plays, then yeah, that's because I was just not good. But, like, that wasn't the case for me. That's not never how I think of myself. I always think of myself like, I will prove you I'm the best by my actions rather than my words. So like, I never spoke up to the coach being like, yo, I'm the best option. Like, nah, I just went on the field and be like, I'll make some plays and show you I'm the best option. And you will decide who you want on the field. If you decide to go your way at the end of the day, all I can do is control what I can control, which is my effort and my, and my attitude on the field. Did I have a great attitude my first and second year? No, but I improved it. I switched up my attitude. I switched up my work ethic. I uh, switched up, even thinking like, hey, you're going to get punched today. Like I had a coach tell me like, yo, you're going back next year to have no plans for you. I had I had a, a, a senior, my second year came out to me, like kept it real with me, tell me, told me like, yo, hey, you're black. Nothing will be given free for you. Nothing will be given easy to you. And I, I've always had that coming from Africa. I've always had that, oh, I'm here. This is technically not where I'm from so like I have to work 10 times harder than the next person but then when I got to university my first year everything was just there like I was just my first and second year was like man I'm I'm amazed by all this like I'm actually a university athlete then my third year is like fuck I'm actually here do it like you know mm-hmm. and then that type of mentality I don't know how to explain it but like overall for every punches that I took I made sure to throw two back where that, does that mindset yeah. come from? It doesn't come from anywhere. It just comes from the fact that I've, like, my situation back in camera, like, I've seen, I've seen bad. I've seen horrible. I've seen everything. But, like, once I got to Canada, it got easy to me. So, like, I never understood. I could have stayed home in Ottawa. I could have done this. I could have done a lot of things differently. But I always chose a harder path. A lot of people left BU when they weren't playing. But for me, it was, like, if I leave now, five, 10 years from now, it's going to come back. Like, thoughts like that of just being like, oh, I gave up on this thing, even though I really cared about it. But, like, yeah, they never gave me no playing time. Like, I knew it was going to come back. So, like, it was either shut up, get it done, and then thank yourself later, five, 10 years later, rather than being, being hard on yourself 10, 15 years later when you decided to quit. That's kind of the mentality yeah. that I've always had. And, and you're such a great example of just like straight up like perseverance, because like you say, like there was some shaky moments. Like I remember what it's like to be 19 and you're a red shirting. You're thinking about quitting every day because it's not easy. <laughs> right. 
And, yeah. and so anyways, and then you ended up persevering and you got two full years on the field. So what did you learn about like the just overall process while you actually got to participate? Because I found once I was finally on the field, I understood that the younger players, they were my teammates and they looked up to me to all of us who were dressing, but there was also that tinge of, I cannot wait till you're out of here. So what's your, like, what was your journey on that? Hey, for my last year, my journey really was to, I, I could have, because my first year, I compared myself first year to what did I need my first year? That's the one thing that I really asked myself when I was in my last year, like, Hey, Jordan, what, like your first year, what's the one thing you wish you had that you never really had? And that, but I had someone to like take me under the wings, go to the gym with. That's what helped me see everything else. And I try to do that with some younger guys. Like uh, I remember two guys, like I would take them to the gym. It was really like not much about me because hey, after this year, I'm done. So I want to be able to come back next year, two years, five years from now, I see you guys ball out. I want to be able to come back and like see like the coaches are still there and be able to say like, yo, I played with them freaking five, 10, 20 years from now. Like, you know, that's, that's that's really the one thing that I did my last year. So I knew I would always remember uh, two things going in, my first and my last year. So like those are really the only thing that really matters. So anybody that was in their first year, I made sure to always be good to them because one, they were going to be the future. And without those first year, we last years are nothing really. And without like, you know, it's kind of, that's the mentality that I had playing. So like I was, I tried not to, get into conflicts with a lot of guys like I tried to just mind my own thing like if someone needed something be there like you know that was it wasn't like it was like oh man I'm I'm running this thing now and I didn't do that I was really like yo you need something I got you you want to like you want to go to the gym let me know I got you, you want to pop a beer like let me know I'll grab a beer with you like you know those little those type of things and what where like what what's your biggest takeaway from your experience as a just like as a student athlete in Lanxville at Bishops overall at the end of the day you gotta it's not just do what's best for you but you just have to keep knocking on all the doors as in I don't know how to really put it into phrases because no, that's... Like, I, like overall, I've had a lot of doors closed in my on my face, and I knocked on a bunch of them. Like, knock on one, someone says no. Knock on a second one, another person says no. Like, you know, you just keep on knocking on that door. If you think it's best for you, keep on knocking on it. And even if this one door closes, look for the next one. And that was the biggest metaphor that I was done. Like. I probably played like positional wise. I, I, I came, I went in there saying, I'm only going to play corner. But like the second I just expanded my vision to other doors, like safety, boundary halfback, a little bit of dime, a little bit of a sandbacker. I was like, oh, okay. you like, you know, I, I never said no to like playing any, like other position, like that type of thing. For sure. You kind of find your groove when you just let, when you just let the spot find you. Because a lot of times, I mean, there's coaches who have a system and they put people in place. And then there's coaches, like you said, like Fabrice at Bishops, who kind of makes tweaks and small tweaks and turns around the athletes they have. So um, 
the last thing I have for you, Jordan, is what, what's your take home message for the next generation of athletes who are just like trying to get next level and get the most out of their student athlete experience? Oh, always bet on yourself. I know it's a, it's a cliche, 100%. Bet on yourself. Like right now, you may not have the light. I went in there, nobody knew I was. I went in there, like, you know, my first year, nobody cared who I was. Nobody gave a shit whether I left or stayed. Nobody, nobody will give a shit about you until you do something to prove that you're worth their time. That's the biggest takeaway. And with once you get to especially university and then professional wise, you are just a number. So if you go in there thinking you're irreplaceable, you will be replaced. Yep. And, <laughs> and that's really like the biggest takeaway that I could tell to all the young athletes. Like right now, you're probably the man on your team. You will get to university. There are other people like you. You're, you're going in thinking you're not the shit while playing like the sh- you're the shit is the biggest thing you could do. Yeah, when you when you head into university, like athleticism is a dime a dozen. So you have to find other ways to separate yourselves via, yeah. like, like you were saying, effort. Special teams is huge. Like I wish the coaches in high school. I mean, I and I can't really say this because my coach did a great job of this, but I wish more coaches in the high school level emphasized special team circuits and practice because we need to use practices to do the technique and the fundamentals of special teams, how to break yes. down on punt, how to release on punt, how to do uh, a bucket step, because all these little things, regardless of the team you're on, I think if uh, Canadian football high schools, especially high schools, they start implementing that, you'll see a huge uh, transfer at the next level because it's not introduced to you kind of all at once. High mm-hmm. school, high school special teams, fastest kid goes back, gets the ball, runs, you know what I mean? Like, in, high, in university, it is a system. You have a responsibility, and if you don't get, if you don't do it 100% every time, the whole play is screwed. You miss your block, exactly. Yeah. The punt is blocked. You miss your tackle, that guy is down the sideline. In university, guys running a four-four, you're not catching that guy. Yeah, it's um, it's all just like a little dominoes effect. If you don't go on a few, you don't do what you're supposed to do. You don't take care of your responsibility. You don't do your job then you know the work won't be done like you if you're part of a whole group project you give it an assignment you don't do your part then the project is not over the project's not done you won't get a good grade out of it that's that's the mentality that I also want to tell a lot of guys that either they've graduated this year or take being getting their opportunities being taken away the mentality that we have as athletes not just football players that we have as athletes once you put it into the workforce mm-hmm. This shit translates so fucking well. Yeah, for sure. Like our work ethic, the drive, the goal-oriented mindset that we have. Once you put that into the workforce, like the regular nine to five, there's nothing wrong with that. Whatever you want to do afterwards, if football or sports closes, that shit is beautiful. Like I'm seeing guys that I've played with that are doing so well now. I'm like, yo. There we go. Like you, like even you now doing like what you're doing right now. That's dope. Like you, you've like what we talked about in university, you're doing that right now. Like, you know, for, for example, like, you know, and like, that's just one thing, like just because one thing ends and if you can't do it again, it's fine. Move on to the next thing. Yeah. It's gonna I, be. <laughs> I think one thing is like sports is it's such like an identity for people. And yeah. some people, whether they're trying to go pro or not, they put all their eggs in on that. Like, this is who I am. Whereas 
I find guys who maybe have more of a broad perspective towards it. Like you can verify, like when I played football, I was in, I played football, but I also had different things about me. Like I took school serious and I had interest in entrepreneurship and I, I blocked off time to hang out with my friends. Like you need to be a well-rounded person because if you're not the student athlete concept will catch up with you and you'll burn out. Yeah. And I almost had, I almost had that. I was too, I was too focused in like the one goal that I've had for the years that I was in university for it. I, I put aside my relationship with people because, but again, I don't tell people to do the same thing. I wouldn't do the same thing again because I always said like, Hey, if they really understand what I'm trying to do here, they will, they will be there once I'm done. Once I'm done on this journey that I'm taking right now, that will be there for me. Like they will be there to understand, to talk to me. Like if I don't, yeah. if I go two, three years without talking to somebody that I was close to, that was my mentality at, at the time. And like, now that I'm seeing it, I'm like, man, I could have just called and be like, Hey, <laughs> like, you know, those random little things, like don't take relation, like human relationship for granted. I took that first time actually admitting it live or on anything. I took my relationship with my grandma for granted and she passed um like uh on october during my last season and that's one thing that like looking back at it i could have i should have called but then i was so set into the season that i was i just was always putting it to the next like you know if you have those if you're in a similar situation trust me the work the school the game can wait the relationship that you're building with people around you cannot Absolutely. And I think that's a, a great piece of advice to leave this episode on. So Jordan, I want to thank you for your time. And I'm definitely, uh, I definitely want to have you back on in the future. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me. Like, anytime, just message me. I'll be here. Like, I'll be happy to come back. And this, what you're doing is really good, bro. I, like, I appreciate this. I appreciate this a lot, bro. And I appreciate you. This was thank season you, two. You. Season two, episode 17 of Athletic Insights. We're out. E.